Goodness gracious, what a beautiful Friday afternoon here in Lafayette. Hello, Lafayette, Acadiana. This is Joe Cunningham here on the Joe Cunningham Show and News Talk 96.5 KPL. We're going to start out with some breaking news. Walk in and see the, the latest headline out of WBRZ, longtime state senator Karen Carter Peterson, who uh, has been a senator, has been the leader of the Democratic Party, uh, is stepping down, resigning from the legislature. Uh, she has announced her resignation from the legislature today, formerly represented District 5, including Jefferson and Orleans parishes. In a statement Friday, she cites struggles with depression and gambling addiction as reasons for stepping down. Uh, all the prayers and support to Karen Carter-Peterson, of course, dealing with um, addiction and depression is not something you'd wish on anybody. Uh, had the privilege of being blocked by her political account on Twitter because I was critical of one of her statements on something about Republicans years back. Um, obviously, we wouldn't see eye to eye on many issues, but still um, praying for the best because depression, I know from firsthand experience, is something that, that's very difficult to struggle with. And gambling addiction, I've, I've known a few who have had to go through that, and that is uh, very tough on not just the addict, but the families as well. So a lot of prayers out for that. 232-1542, if you want to call in, take part in the conversation today. Lots to talk about. Um, and I'm not exactly sure where to start. So I guess let's start here. Speaking of depression. Since when did giving kids puberty blockers, hormone treatment, and recommendations for sex reassignment, when did that take the place of therapy? I ask because the White House has taken a very firm line on providing these medications and medical treatments to kids and wanting that to be more accessible to kids rather than encouraging kids who are struggling with a gender identity crisis to go talk to a professional about it and really explore their feelings on it. For years, a lot of critics of ADHD and ADD diagnoses and, and diagnoses like that, critics have been, well, the doctors are just quick to prescribe to kids. And in some cases, that's true. I, myself, am an ADHD person. Um, the attention deficit disorder is just mind uh it is mind-blowing how, how easily you can find yourself from point A to point Q missing all the letters in between. Um, I was never medicated for it. suspected it for a long time. I've had family members who were medicated for it. Um, as a teacher, have dealt with a lot of kids who are ADD, ADHD uh, on various medications. And it is... Uh, it is... It, in some cases... There are parents and there are doctors who are quick 
to prescribe the medicine rather than really try to work with the kid. So we are in a kind of Medicaid-first society in, in some ways. And I guess this is just the natural extension of that. The White House, progressive activists, Democrats, are fine believing and pushing the view that sex reassignment surgery and puberty blockers and these sorts of medical treatments are great for kids. They are the best practice and they are potentially life-saving. What do they mean, life-saving? Well, the big talking point among the trans activists is the Suicide and Depression acts, uh, um, aspect of transgenderism. Why is that not getting treated? Why are we, we have therapies, we have the means of talking about and treating depression. I know, I've been on antidepressants. I know a lot of people who have been saved by those therapies. Why are we, instead of looking at the root cause of the depression and the social stigmas and the cultural issues, the social causes of the depression, why are we saying, no, we'll, we'll cure the depression with sex reassignment, a permanent solution to a temporary problem. Gender dysphoria, a real condition that is diagnosed and is actually rare, does not happen at the rate we're seeing among kids right now. It is a social virus. And there is something to be said about our dependency on trying to make every kid who says they are transgender make them into the person they at the moment wish they can be. I want to, I want to continue on that with a topic we talked about yesterday, 232-1542. In the next segment, we're going to talk about these after the bottom of the hour news break. We'll really start taking calls on these issues here on the Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Again, the breaking news of the day. You can find the story at kpel965.com. State Senator Karen Carter-Peterson uh, is resigning, citing depression and gambling addiction as the reason. Again, prayers to her because that is quite the struggle to have to go through. In New Jersey... Um, the, the state government there, the legislature there, has passed new education guidelines for the state that will force second graders to get a lesson in gender identity. Uh, from Via Fox News, according to the standards, New Jersey students should, by the end of second grade, understand the core ideas that all individuals should feel welcome and included regardless of their gender, gender expression, or sexual orientation. Additionally, the standards listed... Performance expectations for second graders, which include discussing the range of ways people express their gender and how gender role stereotypes may limit behavior. So in other words, in Florida, a law that's actually very popular with those who have been told the clear text and meaning of the law, 
um, a law was passed that a majority of voters like, I'll, I'll, way more than a majority of voters support. And across the country, you are seeing parents who are concerned for the type of extreme uh, sex, sexual identification um, type indoctrination that you see in, in some schools. And the left's response is, this isn't really happening. It's a, it's a solution in search of a problem. Uh, this, what, this isn't a forced curriculum in the school. It's not forced to be taught in schools. And then along comes New Jersey, which is now explicitly stating in its state education standards that, you, that it should be taught to second graders, that gender identity should be taught to second graders. This is insane stuff. Second graders cannot process this information. They are not mature enough. They have not experienced enough. They do not know enough about themselves and the society around them. These are upper-level sociological concepts. Gender, gender expression, sexual orientation... Gender role stereotypes, behavior modification based on stereotypes, these are all higher level, upper level sociological concepts. You cannot teach these to kids. You can try to explain this to a second grader and they're going to zone out. They do not care. A second grader can walk into class one day and say that they identify as a purple cowboy. And for the rest of the day, at least through recess, that kid is going to be a purple cowboy. Until the kid comes back in from recess and decides that they are now a fish. They don't understand the concept of identity. You cannot give these concepts to these kids and expect them to take away something meaningful. And yet you have this, you have a, a woman who was interviewed by MSNBC recently. She has an 11-year-old son. And she, it's not the decision of the kid, she is raising her son to be a girl. Now look, I've said it before. I know trans people. I have taught trans kids. I understand that they have a lot that they go through. But for kids that young, they do not understand. For in, in kindergarten through third grade, which was the scope of the Florida bill, the Florida law, for second graders, which are the focus in this New Jersey education uh, standard uh, introduction, they, they do not understand these things. They, they cannot understand these things. A second grader does not have the capability to decide that they were born the wrong gender. But that's where we are. The left is pushing this, and the result is a social virus where kids see that it is socially trending. There are super popular social media accounts on TikTok and Instagram and elsewhere. 
and they want to identify. They want to be part of that social movement without understanding the actual social, emotional, mental cost that comes with these things. They do not understand what actual gender dysphoria is, what actual transgenderism is. It's just the social movement of the moment. And what we're doing is we're creating a major problem. When the White House is saying, yes, we wholeheartedly endorse sexual reassignment surgery for kids and puberty blockers for kids because we want to create a permanent solution to what could very well be a temporal, a temporary problem that the kids are confused and they don't understand. This is where we are, where the left is pushing these issues. And they are forcing these issues. And what's happening as a result? Voters are fleeing the Democrats from the Washington Post. There is a consensus view among political analysts that redistricting has so reduced the House playing field that Republicans will likely gain only a few seats despite President Biden's unpopularity. That may end up being true, but there's also a strong case that the GOP could gain as many as 40 seats this fall, despite having fewer pickup opportunities. The analysis assumes that safe Democratic seats will remain safe. Given Biden's abysmal job approval rating, that may not be the case. Indeed, there's lots of evidence to suggest they won't. When you're looking at topics like education, when you're looking at the trans issues and what parents are really worried about their kids learning and being told they have to understand and do in school, that's pushing voters, white voters, Hispanic voters, black voters, Asian voters. It's pushing them away from the Democratic Party. So, yes, while the Democrats, who politically gerrymandered themselves but are accusing Republicans of doing the same thing, when they give themselves a ton of safe, safe seats, and then find themselves in November losing a bunch of those seats, it's not because the Republicans gerrymandered and cheated in the House. It's because the Democrats pushed too far on an issue and scared the living bejesus out of voters. Transgenderism, gender dysphoria is not as common as it's socially being made out to be. Because the people who are identifying as such right now are children. Children who are not emotionally mature enough, who are not physically mature enough to understand what it actually means to be transgender. That's the issue. You have kids in schools who flip-flop back and forth pretty regularly. Because it's the movement of the moment. It's the social virus that's catching on. That is a concern. And we need to step back and look at the mental health aspect of it here. 232-1542, if you want to call in, be part of the conversation. When we come back from the break, I want to dip back into uh, the topic I talked about on here yesterday and on Offsides with Brandon yesterday I want to talk about this name, image, and likeness stuff in high school sports. I have more thoughts on it here on the Joe Cunningham Show News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232 1542. 
if you want to call and be part of the show. Before I move on to the next topic, Terry called in, wanted to talk about uh, the previous topic. Terry, how are you this afternoon? Oh, I'm just fine. How are you? I'm doing good. Good. Um, the point I wanted to make in particular was um, with the gender dysphoria issue, um, in a male child, now I got this from watching I Am Jazz on television, mm-hmm. and so I did a little research on my own as well, but with a male child, if you give them those hormone blockers, their male parts do not grow, mm-hmm. their private parts. It stops the growth. So you're making a decision for that child for life. Mm-hmm. Because you can just imagine if that child grows into an adult and they change their mind, which most children who have a gender dysphoria issue do change their mind as adults. They don't bring it into adulthood. Yeah. So you've now met, mutilated your child to where, you know, they'll never be a functioning male adult. Yes. And that is, again, it's a permanent solution to what could very well be a temporary issue within the child. And I, I don't think a lot of the folks who are wanting to go this route with the, with their children are really understanding of that. It's one thing for the child to decide it and you entertain the notion and, and you go up to a certain point with it. But when you dive into that medical treatment, whether it's puberty blockers, which can disrupt the development, particularly in a male child, or whether it's sex reassignment surgery, if you go all the way that route, you are creating potentially vastly more problems for your child in the long run. And, and it's, it's incredibly disheartening to see that there are so many people who are, I mean, from the highest levels of our government to say, Yes, you should absolutely use puberty blockers and sex reassignment surgery to treat your child if they feel they are transgender. And without, I mean, again, it's, it's jumping to a medical solution without understanding the psychological reasoning behind the condition. And I don't think that they are taking into account. I also know that the White House is relying on studies that even the researchers in those studies kind of question the results in. So it's it's impossible to say just how effective puberty blockers and sex reassignment surgery is in the treatment of of gender dysphoria and and transgenderism. I can also tell you as a young, uh, a young little girl, um, I can remember sitting in a closet crying because I was a girl instead of a boy. Now, if I had liberal parents that believed in all this, you know, hormone blockers and everything, I'd be in real trouble because if they really questioned me and got me to the bottom of it, it was because I was a tomboy. I lived in Texas. It was really hot there. And I wanted to take my shirt off like the boys did to go out and play. That's the whole yeah. reason I wanted to be a boy. But if I had crazy parents, you know, I mean, who knows how far they would have run with that. And if you quit, if you stop, um, you know, female hormones or male hormones, that's going to change how the child feels about things, too, because those hormones aren't, you know, um, affecting their body. Mm-hmm. And, um, they, you know, they're not going to go through uh, puberty, a normal puberty. So... 
Um, and you change so much. I mean, I, I became very, 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 very girlish mm-hmm. after, you know, I went through puberty. So um, it was just a, a temporary thing, like you said. Yeah. and I'm, I'm, But if, I'm, they, if they'd taken a permanent solution, I mean, my life would be destroyed. Yeah. It, it's it's very much a, a kind of scary thing that we are putting kids through that. Terry, thank you very much for the call. Thank you for listening and, and tuning in. Uh, 232-1542 if anybody else wants to join in the conversation. And, you know, that's one of the things. You know, Terry, Terry mentions the, the hormonal development and everything like that. The people who are pushing, jumping straight to this medical treatment for kids in this, the same people pushing for that are the ones who uh, who attack the right regularly for not... Uh, for not taking care of nature. Yet it's it's nature's own course that dictates whether or not someone is a boy or a girl. And by subverting the natural course of things, with the climate, you cannot subvert it. We, we need to do more to stop climate change. We need to save nature and the natural pro, uh, process of things. But for transgenderism, yeah, the, the nature's wrong in that case. Sometimes you just feel different and you should you should be treated as such. And I'm I'm not anti-trans. I'm not. I, 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 again, I'm I'm from a younger generation. It happened, it was more common when I was growing up. I know people, I've taught kids, I've I understand the real issues that are there. And I don't just dismiss it as this person's crazy. This person's got a mental, uh, this person has a mental issue. But we have to treat the issue in the way that's best for the child. And that's what is being missed in all this is what's actually best for the child. If a child is suicidal because they are treated like the boy or girl they were born as, instead of what they feel they are, well, there is some deeper psychological issue there beyond just the gender dysphoria. And that's something that needs to be looked at. The other thing is, gender dysphoria itself isn't just, I feel like I was born the wrong gender. Gender dysphoria is a crippling psychological disorder. It's not just based on a feeling. It is actually much deeper than that. And that's oftentimes missed in all this, is what people are claiming is gender dysphoria is really just an inclination one way or the other. Real gender dysphoria is much more psychologically crippling. 232-1542, if you want to join. And the last thing I want to say on it is this. I do not think, and I, I know I'm, I'm beating the dead horse here. Maybe the horse identifies as alive. But you cannot overestimate. You cannot, and I'm, I'm being very particular with my word choice here. You cannot overestimate the mental and emotional maturity of kids who are going through this right now. Because in many cases, these kids are getting fed a lot from the mainstream media, from social media, 
from their friends. They're getting fed a whole lot more. It's like when WebMD was developed and everybody went to WebMD to look up their symptoms and they all discovered they had cancer. It's the same thing. You have all of these voices, all of these outlets telling you, if you feel this way, it must be this. And the kids roll with it. And we've now pushed it to the point where we have our the United States government is saying, hey, you know what? Why not go ahead and give puberty blockers to your son? To the parent that was interviewed on MSNBC who has an 11-year-old son but wants to raise the son as a daughter is going to cause deeper psychological issues on the child. It's indicative of some sort of deeper psychological issue for the mom. But that's what really frightens me. Our parents, and we see examples of it, they are, they're out there, easy to find. The parents who are pushing that on their kids, who want to raise their kids as trans or queer or whatever. That's even more frightening. They're doing all this damage to their own kids. The kid may not even be feeling this way, but due to whatever issues the parent has, they want to push their kid that way. 232-1542. When we come back, name, image, and likeness. I want to get back to that here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on... Oh my gosh. You ever have one of those just randomly pops up and makes you cough? I don't know even know what it is. I blame the pollen. Is it the pollen? I blame the pollen. War on pollen continues, folks. 232-1542 if you want to call in, be part of the conversation. Uh, I want to jump to the name, image, and likeness stuff from yesterday. Louisiana, with, with the uh, Louisiana High School Athletic Association, LHSAA, issuing a positioning statement saying that student-athletes in the state are allowed to profit off their name, image, and likeness. Louisiana joins the likes of New York, California, New Jersey, Kansas, Alaska, Utah, and Nebraska in allowing high school students to do so. You know, I spent the first hour of offsides in with Brandon yesterday. And we talked about that. We were going to talk about a couple of different things. We ended up talking about the NIL stuff a lot. I mean, just callers left and right wanting to, to weigh in on it. And some pros, some con. And I understand both sides here. But there was one point that we got to that I really think just has not been explored enough. You have legacy athletic programs all around the state. There are schools that are just, you hear the school's name, you know that's a good football program, that's a good basketball program, whatever it is. And you have some athletes around the state who just naturally gravitate toward those schools. But allowing the name, image, and likeness stuff, I think goes a step further and gives an even bigger carrot on the stick to lure athletes away from their local schools. And students move away or move and gravitate toward those legacy schools. And the rest of our schools suffer. It's a case of the haves versus the have-nots. It is clear 
there's enough evidence out there, enough uh, anecdotal evidence out there. It's clear that when when an athlete is really good at what they do, lots of people will come out of the woodwork to take advantage of that. Families take advantage of it. Friends take advantage of it. Coaches and schools will take advantage of it. With NIL, businesses can take advantage of it. I mean, you already see that. You have it at the college level. LSU is dealing with accusations of it, it seems to be all the time. But just dangling one of these fancy deals in front of a high school kid is enough to lure them to one of these legacy programs. The legacy programs get bigger and better and more exclusive, and they win all the awards. And what happens to the smaller schools? The very good athletes at smaller schools suffer because they can't get that Arch Manning level of coverage. They can't get the level of coverage that those really good athletes get. It's rare that you see a kid like Elijah Mitchell get all the coverage he got and be able to become a a, a big star in state sports. It just doesn't happen from a regular small-town public school like Erath. The Isidore Newmans out there, the the private schools, um, the big magnet schools, they all get that recognition on a near constant basis. The haves versus the have-nots. This, I worry, is going to make that situation even worse. 232-1542, if you want to call in, be part of the show. We've got Jody calling in. Jody, how are you this afternoon? I'm good. Good afternoon, Joe. I'm just going to share a a thought with you. Mm -hmm. Like anybody else that calls in, we share our opinions and our thoughts. Yeah. So that's what I'm going to do. You know, uh, there's always been homosexuality forever, right? Mm-hmm. Right. But I want I want you to just kind of take a look at it. In 2004, Massachusetts uh, recognized the first same-sex marriage. In 2015, all all 50 states did. Mm-hmm. So before 2004, all this transgender. Uh, whatever you want to call it that's going on. Did you really hear about that like you do now? No. Honestly. No, no you, you didn't. Did. So, so even up until 2015, all these years later, you didn't hear about it. Only in the past, I thought my opinion. Mm-hmm. When you remove absolutes, it's Pandora's box. Mm-hmm. So you remove absolutes. Relatively, relativity starts mattering, and people start living in their feelings instead of in reality and, and by absolute standards. So when you allow a society to live on feelings, it, dude, it's doomsday. Does that make any sense? Yes, and, and, and you know, it, it's very observable. When, let's see, I'm, I'm 33 years old, 34 this summer. During my life, I've watched it go from the gay and lesbian movement to the LGB to LGBT now. And you see, and now they're just tacking on more and more letters each time. Jody, thank you very much for the call. 232-1542. I think we, if somebody wants to sneak in, we got a couple minutes left. But yeah, we've seen, we've seen the, the goalposts move, essentially, in this. And that's, again, not to discredit or take away from what people who identify as such actually are legitimately going through. That, that's not at all what I'm saying here. But we have to take into account how much is organic 
and how much is just a social response. Look at how much of a reaction transgenderism is getting in the mainstream press, in our entertainment media, on social media. Look at how much popularity, notoriety, whatever you want to call it. Look at how much is out there for those right now. And kids who, when they're young, have this idea, they want to grow up and be recognized and be treated as equals, treated as something special. Why wouldn't they want to jump on that? Much in the same way that a kid wants to grow up to be Steph Curry or LeBron James or wants to grow up to be Drew Brees or you name the professional athlete. In many ways, it is the same thing. You have kids that want to jump onto this social bandwagon for the recognition, which actually hurts those who are really suffering from gender dysphoria, who really have these deeper issues that they are trying to deal with, and it's being hijacked by a social movement. That's the crime. And we have to understand that. We have to understand that not all that glitters is gold in this case, that there are real issues, and then there are social viruses out there. Boy, I hope it's going to be a fantastic, beautiful weekend. Y'all get out and enjoy this fresh air, and we'll be back here on Monday on the Joe Cunningham Show. Remember, follow me on Twitter at Joe P. Cunningham, facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham Show. Check out the podcast, and we'll talk to you guys again on Monday.